In terms of making money with a book, because I think that's what people are thinking is like, you know, well, if I put all this time into it, I don't want to fail. And I've got to tell you, if I knew which books would fail and which wouldn't fail, I wouldn't have to write so many freaking books. <laughs> I just write one book that was the bestseller. And that's the thing is that I think that we're so used to not failing because we, we did get into pharmacy school. We made it through pharmacy school and we're so fail averse. But failing, like you said, is feedback. And that's how we learn. What is up, Fit Farm fam? Welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. My name is Dr. Adam Martin. I am a practicing pharmacist, nutrition consultant, author, and lover of living life to the fullest. Each episode on the podcast, I will dispense to you an innovator and expert in the world of healthcare so they can share their story, their struggles, and best practice tips to empower you to nail your nutrition, master your mindset, fit in fitness, and take your level of impact to the next level with simple solutions for how to live with passion and purpose. Thank you for spending your time with me today. Now let's discuss how to dispense your full potential. If you're a pharmacy student, one of the last things you might want to see is a textbook. It can be a little boring because the language is kind of out there. The concepts are maybe a little deep, but it is valuable. If instead we can look at things that can really help us, not to say or discount the value of textbooks, but to look at books that really take those concepts and transform them into something that can be invaluable to help us become better pharmacy students, leading us to become a pharmacist. And then beyond that, a best pharmacist we can be and best person we can hope to become. That is why I'm so honored to have a fellow author who is just really killing the game in books and pharmacy, Tony Guerra, who is a pharmacist, podcaster, and author of seven nonfiction audiobooks, which have sold over 15,000 copies in the last two years. He teaches college chemistry and pharmacology. Recently, he's begun working as an audiobook editor and publisher, bringing other professionals' books to market. Tony, thank you so much for being on the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I've been listening to your episodes and working my way backwards, uh, but I'm really excited to be on and start talking and maybe helping your audience uh, get an idea and turn it into an audiobook themselves. Well, that's actually the first place I'd like to start is, is audiobooks. So how do you make an audiobook? Like that just blows my mind. If you guys have never been, or use the app audiobook, it is phenomenal, especially for those of us who have long commutes. Um, I got into it when I graduated pharmacy school, and it's really changed the game in, in my journey of mastering my mindset to really fulfill my full potential. And taking that and putting it in pharmacy world with really focused material that you can put into practice has really changed the game with how we learn as pharmacy students, pharmacists, and just overall. So the fact that you have really turned this into your niche is truly astounding. And, and I'm really excited to learn how you do it. Yeah, it became kind of a thing. I, I took a big bet in, in hiring a narrator that was a bit more on the expensive side. And 
Uh, it worked out really well to the point that I have almost pharmacist salary uh, coming from it. I hate to use that word because that that pharmacist salary thing is uh, it's changing every day, changes in every market. Yeah. Uh, but what I wanted to give your audience are maybe the seven steps that you can use to uh, get yourself to an audiobook that will hopefully sell. I don't want to make any guarantees. I've got some audiobooks that maybe sell a couple copies in a month and then I've got others that sell maybe 500 or 600 a month. So wow. it really is uh, doing it a couple of different times. Uh, hopefully you get a good one and uh, spreading uh, your message. But I can kind of go through the steps or we can talk about authoring in general first, kind of up to you. Well, I actually want to hear about your genesis. So you've written seven books and they've been doing really freaking well. So- <laughs> Clearly, they're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The market is the best testing ground for, you know, if something's legit. So do you want to talk about how you got first into the authoring space with your book and what led you to really get passionate and put more energy and time into that? Uh, as, as a college professor, you, you have a textbook that you're given or you, you've got textbooks to choose from. And I did the quick math. I didn't actually count every word, but the book I was using has about 1.2 million words. And so if you break that down, it takes about 120 hours to read that if you were to read it cover to cover, regardless of understanding or anything like that. And that was just too much. It was too much information. And I was also finding, and I'm talking about teaching pharmacology here, that my students were just kind of, they they sure as heck weren't going to read the book. And then they would look at the PowerPoint or maybe listen to what I said, but I never I really wanted to make it user-friendly, and, and I have a background in human-computer interaction. So the big thing was usability. Where can I help them? And the answer was, I think Zig Ziglar called it Audiobook University or something like that, or Automobile University. That's what he called it, yeah, where you would drive in and, and you would listen to something and you would learn about it. And I thought, well, gosh, they spend all this time commuting. Is there any way I can get a textbook into an audiobook? And that's really the trick because you're taking something that if you just read it from the book, it's not entertaining, it's not exciting. And what is it that you can do to that information to make it engaging and something that somebody's going to learn from? Brilliant. So you found an untapped niche to fulfill a need that someone had. You know, time is precious. We have so many things going on, but we still need to learn. We want to, you know, put our time in where it's needed. And how can we maximize that? We're in the car all the time. Boom, there's the business. Right. So the pain point was my students are uh, working. They've got kids or maybe they've got two jobs. Uh, Maybe they're taking a lot of credits this semester. How is it that I can prepare them? And the audio book was the solution. But the tough part is taking that textbook condensing it enough that you don't lose the material, but also keeping enough that you do. So my expertise, definitely in nonfiction. I'm not going to write the great American novel, probably. <laughs> but if, in, in terms of what, what you're going to get out of me, I, I can definitely give somebody a recipe. Uh, for example, the, you, you write nonfiction. Um, Dr. Richard Waithe, he writes nonfiction. Uh, then even the bloggers uh, like uh, Brandon Dyson at TLDR, uh, MedEd101's Eric Christensen. Uh, those are the people that I'm comfortable working with because if you're talking about solving someone's problems, uh, that's something that I can help bring to audio. Wow, that's amazing. And really, 
a great thing because that's where we start as, you know, what's the why behind what someone does. And I think just based on, you know, knowing you for as long as I have, that's really your focus is, you know, when you're looking to work with someone, what are their intentions? Are they looking just to sell something or really help someone and deliver value in an area that has a need uh, to really, you know, make it easier to fix it? And that's what you do in providing all the content and your amazing podcast that you do, bringing on you know future leaders of our profession, which is really astounding and a great service, in my opinion, to what we do as pharmacists. So thank you for all that you do and how you conduct yourself in that strong integrity. Awesome. Um, now, you had a great point that I really would love to explore and share with others is the how. So we talked about the why. And a lot of times, if you have the why, the how will unveil itself. But specifically, if we could shift that, how to create an audiobook, you said that you had seven steps uh, to make that successful. If you wanted to run through that, I'd, I'm taking notes right now. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go through the seven and then I'll, I'll talk individually about them. Uh, and we can talk about some of them, maybe a little more detail. Uh, but the first thing is uh, to find a pain point. What is it where people are suffering? And, and the pain point that you found certainly is the kind of irony that the unhealthy health professional, mm -hmm. how is it that I'm, my job is to help other people improve their health, but yet I've sacrificed my own health. And a lot of people don't understand how to do that. They really suffer because they're going into work, they're doing the grind, they're doing it, doing it, doing it, and then they're just not getting healthy. So solving the problem in a unique way makes it so that there are literally probably a million books on health, solving it in a unique way and a way that you're speaking to your niche, uh, which with your book is what you did second. So you find the pain point, you solve the problem, but then you have to actually write the book. And maybe we can have a little discussion here. Tell me how you ended up finishing a book because that's, and I'll tell you how I finish a book. But how did you finish a book? Because many people start a book, they have the best intention to finish it and to help people with their words and their ideas, but they never finish it. Yes. How did you finish? Absolutely. Um, well, real quick, if you guys ever watch Family Guy through the years, you know, Who Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We always tease Brian, you know, oh, when are you going to write that book? When are you going to write that book? Because everyone has. And this, this, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, because it's true life. That's why we're all laughing. It's relatable. We all have something like that that we've been talking about, but never really delivered on. And that could be a book. It could be, you know, some project in any capacity. But we all have great ideas. It's just delivering them. So how many times has a new product come to market and you think, oh, I had that idea a year ago. Like, why didn't I, you know, follow through? I would have been a billionaire, you know, things like that. It's yes, the idea is good, but we talked in the beginning of this podcast is the why. What's the reason behind it? You have to have a strong driving force because things are going to come up, you know, unexpected life circumstances, other things that are more of a priority might slip in and then that takes a seat to the back burner. So how you follow through is huge. So for me, the first thing is identifying a why. And, and it's interesting because I'm going to tie in a couple things from the last podcast that you and I did, Tony, uh, talking about the book, because a lot of it ties into what we're talking about here. In the last part of uh, my book, RxU, I talk about how to follow through on any goal. The first thing, writing out, like, what is your why? And then setting a deadline. So if you have a published date, or let's say you made a promise to someone like, oh, my book will be done by this time. If you have that accountability, 
we talked about having an accountability partner, that is huge. So saying it's going to be released here or making an announcement, that's going to force you to level up. Because if you don't, that's your reputation and everything else. So just giving yourself that little pressure in whatever way that is best effective for you is a huge asset to making that happen. Um, Also, in our last podcast, we talked about the value of a mentor. I'd never written a book before. I didn't know what the hell I was getting into. I honestly stepped into it saying, oh, I'm just going to write some articles and tie them together and ta-da. No, (laughs) not at all. No. So I had a lot of help from Dr. Richard Waif of RX Radio. He was a mentor for me in that whole book writing process Um, because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know the steps. I didn't know what resources were required or involved. Um, So I give major props to him for guiding me through that process um, because I had no idea what the heck I was doing. So that's why the value of a mentor is so huge. Um, That accountability part, having some sort of event of a published date or setting those milestones, whether it's, you know, I'm going to have the cover and back cover designed by this day. I'm going to have the chapters done in this time. Um, And that really is helpful to start with an outline of what's the why, what's the one message I'm trying to convey from this book, and then break it down into what are some value golden nuggets of knowledge I can drop in each chapter. So really starting with that overall structure, the why, and then getting into it with the content. Following through by having a mentor or accountability partner and having a future fill date, I called it in the book, of when it's going to be published, when it's going to be released, when the due date is. Um, And so that's kind of the rough structure format I use to follow through and make that happen. Well, what I do is I write a single chapter and my only goal is to write the single chapter. And I write it as a template. And then once I'm done that chapter, I actually copy it six times so that it's, and I put the title of the other chapters on the other chapters, although it's still all chapter one content, but then the book is done Mm. and I actually have a finished book. But then I go through and do chapter two, chapter three. But I find for whatever reason, instead of having to look at a blank chapter, if I'm revising a chapter that way, uh, that's kind of step number three, which is to write a single template book chapter. And I do it as if I'm speaking because I'm always thinking audiobook. Yeah. And then step four was to literally copy it six times. And so I have seven chapters to the book and it's all done. Now, that's where we get into some of the things I think you were talking with Dr. Richard Waith about, which is making the ebook itself. Right. So once I'm done those seven chapters, because I know I can revise the ebook, I may actually upload it early. I may upload it and get some feedback and get some things from other people and say, hey, you know, what's, what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Uh, what would you like to me to put in there? And that would be kind of step number five, which is actually upload the ebook, get some feedback. And then once I've got that, then I'm, I'm thinking, okay, now, now it's time to get the narrator. And that turns into six, which is, um, I don't know if you've used ACX or I, I don't know if yours is an audiobook yet, but if you go on ACX, which is the audiobook creation exchange, uh, Audible is kind of part of it. And you can go on there and listen to all these narrators and you can pay $50 to, well, 400 is the top end that I'll pay, but you can go up to probably $1,000 per finished hour. And what a finished hour is, is that it's about 9,000 to 9,500 words is about an hour. 
And that means that they've mastered it. They've recorded it. They've given it back to you so you can check for any errors and then they've polished it and then it goes up. And then number seven is publish and market the book, which is where I wanted to definitely ask you how you put something up on Instagram and you have 2000 likes. So how does somebody get 2000 likes? I think there are many pharmacists that are, let's just say that their social muscles could use some work. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you for sharing those seven steps. I literally was taking notes as you were sharing those because they were phenomenal. Um, One of the pieces that you said is something I left out is having that feedback. So, you know, you write the, the version, you get the whole book done. And it's like, oh, I'm ready to go. No, <laughs> you got to, you know, send that, get feedback. You just, you know, rewrite, revise. How can you make it shorter? How can you condense? And really approaching it as a speak. Um, I'm actually a, a speaker as well, giving talks at various businesses and pharmacy schools across the country. That's one of my main passions because that's, I love to talk, as you can tell. I, I won't shut up. It's hard to get 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your, um, there's no ums and ahs in your, in your speech. You're a polished presenter. I can tell from just listening to you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I started with lots of ums and pauses. So that being aware of that, and, and that comes from listening. So practicing the talk, looking and revising, whether you record that video or audio, and then just listening to it. I was listening to a podcast I did a few months ago, and I was like... Oh man. So just, and that, that's good. It shows you what you need to improve on and having a fresh set of eyes outside of your niche. So someone not in pharmacy and and having them give feedback, that's huge too. So I gave my book to my family just to say like, does it make sense? Are there any gaps? Is the flow good? Getting that feedback from someone outside of that, you know, practicing, rehearsing all of those things that make a speech good, just like you said, are what make a book good. And by no means is my first book perfect. I learned so much from that process. And that's why, you know, writing and rewriting is so important with that. Um, But getting back to your question about marketing, it's all about relationships and value. That's literally how as simple as I can put it. If you build relationships with other people, and that's by helping them, not having an ulterior motive, but literally just saying like, hey, how can I help you? And then helping. And then that's it. Not like, oh, well, since I helped you this. No, it's how can I help you solve your problem with the value content in my niche and specialty that I have? I have done that through years since being Instagram being my main thing. Um, I've met some phenomenal people. I highlight them every Friday um, who are living the fit pharmacist lifestyle and really making a difference, whether that's pharmacist or pharmacy students. And it's turned in this community of support, inspiration, where we can all share you know, our struggles and, and help each other get through things. So from that, I've built some genuine relationships um, that are online, but a lot of them manifest into real life things. I started off with uh, Mike Corvino of Core Consult and Richard Waith of RX Radio online, and we ended up, you know, meeting up. I Mike invited me to his house last year in uh, South Carolina. We went to Miami, uh, where Rich lives, and we hit it off. And you know, biz dev till four a.m. and all the fun stuff. What so, about the trip to Pittsburgh? What about oh, it's coming, man! It's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. <laughs> Um, but that's, that's the value is just, you know, serving other people. How can you take your passion and create that into something that helps other people get ahead in what their passion is? I don't have time to work out. Eating healthy is not possible as a pharmacist. There's so many things to juggle. I just feel so stressed out. I can barely even keep it together. Guys, if this is you, I totally understand. I have been practicing pharmacist full-time for over seven years. I've been through the hurdles, living through the trenches, and through my time with that, 
have developed simple solutions to help empower you to not only fit in fitness, but nail your nutrition and master your mindset, empowering you to lead by example through living a healthy lifestyle. I put all these solutions in an easy to read, applicable, and simple guide for you to read in my new book, RxU, The Pharmacist's Guide for Managing Stress and Fitting in Fitness. If you haven't gotten your copy, check the show notes for a link so that you can get yours today and get started to dispense your full potential. So the fun thing about marketing a book that I learned is it's not you hit publish and it's done. It's you hit publish and it's game on. It You're is right. every day. How can you, you know, connect with people, network, get the feedback? So I got this idea since Instagram's my jam of if you get the book and post a, you know, an Instagram story post or post, I will, you know, shout you out. So we did that. And then I literally got like over 60 of these DMs of, you know, people holding the book or, you know, just like some, some picture with the book. And then I was like, this is great content. I'm going to turn that into a marketing video. So I created a marketing video from that content of literally just people raving about the book. And we talked in the last podcast about how you most enjoyed the water test. That was the most effective method as far as feedback goes that I've heard from people in far as like, I put the simple thing into practice and it helped me a ton. So I heard a lot of feedback on that and it just started, you know, word of mouth sharing uh, reviews and things like that. I'm by no means a master, but for me, that's how it has helped is taking those relationships and value and how you say you only work with people who you see put value and stuff in. A lot of people in pharmacy are like that. We've seen so many, you know, supplements get revoked from the FDA and, you know, pharmacies getting busted. So we have that bias of always keeping an eye on things. And the best way for that to play out is the test of time. So if you see someone consistently putting out good content and value and genuinely helping people, you're going to establish a relationship with them. So when they have an ask of, I have this book that will help you, can you help me out? They will jump at that opportunity. And that's exactly what happened. Um, but it's not just, you know, a give, it's, it's an exchange. So how can I give you this value and help me spread this book and this message so that I can really help more pharmacists and pharmacy students in my area of expertise? Let's but, talk about uh, Richie Waite for a second there and how, you know, the first college of pharmacy was PCP, Philadelphia College of Pharmacy, I think it was 1821. So it's been 197 years. It took 197 years for, some, for someone to write a book about your first time as a pharmacist. Hmm. So I'm just like, are you kidding me? And then how did I not think about this? Like, you know, the tens and hundreds of thousands of pharmacists that are out there, how did no one write the first time pharmacist? You know, yes. how did it take, you know, it was May of 2018 that, you know, someone's like, you know, you should probably write a book about your first experiences as a pharmacist. And then it was a bestseller. So you're just like, are you kidding so, yes. tell, so let's talk a little bit about how someone who is out there uh, saying, uh, you know, my idea is dumb. I don't know if it'll ever sell. I don't. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your kind of self-talk as you got through the, I think it's always tough putting yourself out there. Um, how can we help someone else put themselves out there? Because there's probably something that could help us, but they're just not willing to put it out there because they're just nervous uh, that it's going to be maybe criticized or maybe there's going to be bad reviews or something like that. Make your master message. That's as simple as I can put it. 
Oh, I love that. I'm writing that down. I'll take it as my own. <laughs> so, so the reason I say that is I'm going to share some vulnerability here. Um, I've actually been working on a book before this book that I released, RxU. I've been working on a book for three years. Uh, my goal is to have it in every pharmacy school in the country. I have interviewed the top leading experts in every niche and profession on how, if they went back on their first day of pharmacy school, how they would have positioned themselves through those four years or six years or however the program structured so that when they graduated, they could speed up the process to get where they are today. That's oh, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, in addition, <laughs> and the reason I say make your master message is I did not get into pharmacy school my first time. I was rejected. And I thought, wow, what a failure. Like, I'm not good enough, all these things. But I was like, you know what? What is my why? Why do I want to go to pharmacy school? Why do I want to be a pharmacist? And it was through my mom's battle with cancer, seeing how amazing a pharmacist was and being an inter integral advocate for her care. And I was like, that is amazing. I want to do that. I want to be a patient care advocate and really be a part of the healthcare team, be a liaison for someone who might not have a voice. So that's what my why was. So I got rejected. I'm like, you know what? So that just shows me that I have to work harder. I have to work smarter. So I got more involved and I got into organizations and then I ended up literally being waitlisted to get into pharmacy school. And no one that I graduated with knows this because um, I went on, you wouldn't know, but I was the last person to get accepted in my, in my class, last person. So when I got in, I thought, you know what? I've really been blessed with a gift and opportunity here. I am not going to let this go to waste. And during orientation, they said, you know, you need to elect a class president for your class. And I was like, I was meant to do this, you know, Eagle Scout, leadership, all this stuff. It's time to go. I was always an introvert which you probably can't tell because I talk so much. But I was like, this is my chance. So I applied um, and my class voted me as their class president. And I went on and served. And I really made the most of my time in pharmacy school, going to seven conferences, uh, networking, working with professors. And I saw after I graduated, connecting with other pharmacy students that not many people do that. Like there's a few, you know, super active people, but there's that voice inside. Like I'm not good. Just like you said, like I'm not good enough. How do I share my message? No one's going to be receptive. So that's the first part of the book is how can you maximize pharmacy school through relationships, through organizations, through conferences, and then breaking each of those down. What are simple action steps, simple solutions you can take to maximize your time in pharmacy school? So it's funny you asked that question because that's literally the, the next book. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just uh, in terms of making money with a book, because I think that's what people are thinking, like, you know, well, if I put all this time into it, I don't want to fail. And I've got to tell you, if I knew which books would fail, and which wouldn't fail, I wouldn't have to write so many freaking books. <laughs> I just write one book. That was the bestseller. You know, if, if I had known Harry Potter was going to be it, I would have written it as a sixth grader, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know that, and that's the thing is that I think that we're so used to not failing because we, we did get into pharmacy school. We made it through pharmacy school and we're so fail averse, but failing, like you said, is feedback. And that's how we learn. And instead of getting rejected the first time I applied, I got accepted the first time I applied, but I repeated organic to bio one physics one, calculus one twice, and calculus two, so that I wouldn't get rejected. Nice. <laughs> so so I just repeated all the classes to avoid that whole thing. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, it comes down to, you know, the why and the impact. So yes, you can make money from books. Um, that's something that I really need to wake up and wise up on. 
because for me, it was about the impact. Like I have a message, like so many people DM me every single day. How do you fit it in? Like, how do you get healthy as a pharmacist? There's so much stress. So I just had to like fulfill that need. And I put the book out and it like, dude, I expected to sell like 10 copies and there's, it was bestseller in less than 24 hours. I'm like, holy crap. I could have made so much money if I was smart about this. <laughs> so <laughs> there was a learning experience. Like I didn't go into it like, oh, this is a money-making tool. I was like, this is value. Like I want to make impact and really solve this problem. Uh, so that's something I learned is, hey man, like you can help people and make money at the same time with, with that book. Uh, so that was, that was a mistake I made that I'm going to change with that. Um, but it, ironically, not with the next book, um, because with that, I, I'm all about the impact. So what I'm actually doing is I have set up an endowment fund uh, with my alma mater, the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy, so that all of the proceeds of this book will go to a scholarship for a pharmacy student who has overcome adversity. That's amazing. Um, so that was my impact. That's why I created that book and started that journey three years ago is I was volunteering. I didn't have much money. I wanted to make an impact. So I went to the dean and I said, hey, I want to like create this resource. And she's like, that's great. Um, what if you made it by pharmacy students? So I had all the interviews done by students of pharmacy so they could use that experience in interviewing um, a really good tool to help them and how to network and everything else with the interviewee. So that's, that's my thing is I, I, I guess I screwed that up too. I'm not making money on that one either. <laughs> um, but it's, it's for me, the impact and really helping to make a difference in pharmacy. Uh, it, but that, that's really the passion and the drive. So um, when's it coming out? Uh, that'll be coming out 2019. So I'm, I'm super excited for that. I will be pushing the crap out of it because I think it has so much value in helping pharmacy students. Like, yes, you want to learn drug knowledge and everything else, but there's so much more that goes into it. And in my opinion, it's all about networking and relationship building. That's the value of pharmacy school and building all those skills. Like, yes, you have to know the stuff, but the other things are what are going to set you apart and make you be a phenomenal pharmacist. So that was kind of the, the question is, how can I be that person? Oh, this is awesome. So glad we got to talk about this. Well, are there any other questions you have before uh, we head out? Yeah, man. How can people best connect you? Like, I, I want to get in on what you've got going on with the audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I really feel kind of bad. I'm like, I could afford Harvard now if I didn't have three kids. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. But I, you know, and honestly, the first time, the first year, it didn't do that great. Like, it was just like an extra 10 grand or something like that. So it was kind of cool, you know, gave myself a little bit of a raise. But the next year, I had so much extra cash, I bought a house. And then the year after that, I bought another house. So now I'm just going to pay off houses. But I want that success for people. And, and I'm not worried about them taking my idea because the one thing that I think both of us have found is that to get through the process of writing a book, to get a great book, it has to be meaningful to you. And what's meaningful to me, breaking words apart, etymology, those types of things are not going to excite a lot of people, but they're going to have something. Uh, so. Uh, if they want to get a hold of me, uh, it's emails. Well, actually, you know what? Um, Facebook, I'm Tony Farm D1. Uh, instant messaging me is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. That's that's where most people uh, actually connect with me. Uh, I've I've abandoned Twitter to to some extent. I do have eight thousand <laughs> followers. I feel like I've left them in the dust. Oh no! But I, but I but I never really got into Insta because. I've just not figured out how to translate pharmacology into pictures. Corvino has done a really good job. Uh, Dr. Corvino has done a lot of good job of doing that. Yes. But 
uh, yeah, so best way to get a hold of me, uh, Tony Farm D1 on Facebook. Uh, instant message me. I'm always happy uh, to answer questions or to help you start your book or even real estate career. I've, I've had some questions about that kind of stuff. Wow. So, well, Tony, I just want to thank you so, so sincerely because the impact you have made on the profession is astounding. And I want to acknowledge you for that. You've really made such an impact in helping others give them the tools so that they can put those to use in creating an excellent experience in pharmacy school as a pharmacist and beyond, whether you know it's real estate or audiobooks. So thank you so much for all that you do for us as a profession. Well, I appreciate it. I'm blushing here on the audio waves. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for being on the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. This is Dr. Adam Martin signing off with the one and only Tony G. All right, Fit Farm fam. Until next time, I am out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show. If you are new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Your time is invaluable, and I sincerely appreciate you sharing it here. Most importantly, hit that subscribe button so you get a fresh new podcast episode every single week. Also, please leave a rating and review for the show. I sincerely hope that you got at least one golden nugget of knowledge from this episode. If you did, please share this with one person who you can help dispense their full potential. That is how this community will grow organically. I don't ask for anything in return, so thank you for your action of support. This is Dr. Adam Martin with the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Be great and dispense your full potential.